Call for Action presents Of Consuming Interest, a public service show that discusses scams, deceptive offers, and other consumer concerns. Here's the director of WJLA 7 Call for Action and your host, Shirley Rooker. Millions of people are involved in class action lawsuits, but many of them end up with virtually nothing while lawyers and third parties who aren't even involved walk away with millions. Does that sound fair to you? Well, it didn't sound fair to Ted Frank, an attorney here in Washington, who is the director of litigation with the Competitive Enterprise Institute. But in 2009, he decided to do something about it, and he started the Center for Class Action Fairness. Ted, I hope I've been fairly introducing you. That's absolutely fair. Since you're in the Fairness Center. Okay. All right. Let's talk about some of these things, because as a consumer-involved person for many, many years— and running call for action. We've we've heard some really outrageous things. I remember there was one case that was a cosmetic company settlement and the lawyers walked away with millions and millions and the poor consumers I think got a coupon to buy a tube of lipstick or something. I mean it was it was really wild and I'm sure some of these things are the kinds of things that caused you to get involved in this as well. Tell us a little bit about the history of how you started the center. Certainly. Well, I've been writing about the class action problem for years and had worked as a lawyer and had seen them uh, from the defense side. And uh, in 2008, as I'd been writing about them for years, I discovered I was a member of a class that where the lawyers were going to walk away of a million dollars and the class was going to get a total of Though there were tens of millions of class members, the class was going to get $26,000. And uh, That's not even a penny a person. It wasn't even a penny a person. And it was a completely silly lawsuit to begin with. It, w- it was done purely for extortion. And I thought that this would be a good way to publicize my work on class actions. And, and I, I don't think people understand that you don't join a class action. You're put in the class action by the lawyers themselves. Uh, the lawyers are self-appointed. They show up and they say, I want to represent the millions of people who bought this video game or bought this tube of lipstick or what have you. And they get appointed by a court and then they negotiate. Usually they, they have an opportunity to try the case, but usually it doesn't actually go to trial. It goes to a settlement. And then the lawyers can structure the settlement to benefit themselves and leave their putative clients completely out in the cold. And that's exactly what happened in this uh, lawsuit over the Grand Theft Auto video game, where I had purchased it in 2005, and in 2008 there there was a class action settlement over it. And I thought it would be a good way to sort of publicize uh, the work I'd been doing, writing and, and speaking about these issues. And much to my surprise, the, the court threw out the settlement. And I realized, hey, courts... If somebody goes into court and points out this, these issues, they will do something about it. And that inspired me to go off and, and start my own organization that would represent consumers in class action litigation uh, and represent them at these settlement fairness hearings because, because class members' rights are getting extinguished as a matter of due process. The court holds a hearing before agreeing to approve the settlement and extinguish the class members' rights. And and I could do something about the problem of lawyers 
taking millions, billions of dollars out of consumers' pockets and for themselves by abusing the class action system. And sometimes giving them to a third party. And that's one of the many ways that lawyers abuse the class action system. It's a doctrine called Cypre. We're going to talk about Cypre in a little bit more detail, but I'd like to I'd like to educate our listeners and me about this whole process, which is which seems so unfair and un-American that I am going to be a participant in a class action lawsuit whether I want to or not. And if I choose not to, then I don't get anything for it. And am I prevented from taking action on my own behalf? Well, no. You, you, so I could if I hired a lawyer, but my God, who's going to do that? That That's exactly right. And that's the whole point of a class action. You have a claim for a small amount of money that it wouldn't make sense to hire a lawyer for. Right. So the lawyer aggregates these claims, and because it's thousands or millions of people in a single cause of action, now it's... Uh, economically efficient to actually bring the lawsuit that might not otherwise be brought. On behalf of the people. So there's there's justification for that. It's a way to, to keep companies in check if they're doing something wrong. But it's also a way for some lawyers, not all, let's not castigate all of them, but for some lawyers to take advantage of consumers. That's right? exactly right. It's just a procedural device to aggregate claims. And it can be used for good. It can be used for ill. And unfortunately, the way courts have set it up, in many cases, lawyers have the incentive t- to enrich themselves at the expense of their clients. Now, you're you're um, representing consumers on behalf of a recent case on Anthem due to a, a data breach. Is that correct? What Can you give us the details on that? Certainly. Uh, Anthem, uh, which runs Blue Cross Blue Shield, had a data breach where uh, a foreign government had broke into its data and stolen consumers' social security numbers and, in a handful of cases, medical information. And there were there were fines, there were AG investigations, and, of course, there were class actions. And the lawyers brought a class action on behalf of the 78 million uh, consumers who had had their information stolen from Anthem, and they settled it. And uh, But as a lot of these data breach settlements go... The settlement would pay an average of less than $1 per class member, and the lawyers were going to collect tens of millions of dollars for themselves. And so we went to the court and we said, there's something upside down about this. Um, The class of 78 million people are going to get a total of maybe 52 million if everything shakes out the right way. Uh, And the attorneys and the people processing the mail and sending out the envelopes are going to get a total of $63 And that's upside down. The lawyers are getting more than the class is actually going to end up getting. And worse, on top of that, these lawyers have really sort of uh, churned their bills. The court appointed four law firms to run this big litigation. And then these four law firms went out to their friends and started uh, passing out the work so that it ended up being 53 law firms billing on this case. That is is totally unreal. Bring all your friends in, right? Go out on the street and recruit lawyers to come and participate. That's unreal. Uh, It it was uh, what my buddy Walter Olson calls a feeing frenzy. Uh, fees rather than feed. It's a pun. Mm-hmm. Um, feeing frenzy. I gotcha. Uh, and, but they were doing other abusive things. They were, um, 
part of litigation is document review. Uh, Anthem has millions and millions of emails. They get produced in the course of discovery as the the parties look through the emails trying to find some sort of smoking gum that Anthem knew they were doing something wrong. And you need people to look at those emails. And what you can do is you you hire uh, you, you you hire temps to look at the the these emails, these documents. And let's just take a brief pause here. Absolutely. Okay. We'll come, we're coming right back to this. You're listening to Of Consuming Interest. I'm Shirley Rooker. My guest is Ted Frank. He is the Director of Litigation at the Competitive Enterprise Institute, and he's the founder of the Center for Class Action Fairness. And today we're discussing class action lawsuits, we, which we all hear about, but most of us really don't have a clue as to how they work. And, and Ted has identified the fact that Consumers get the short sh- uh, shrift on this a lot of times and consequently is taking action and working on behalf of consumers. And we were just talking about the Anthem lawsuit, and I'm sorry that I had to interrupt you for a, for a break there. Um, you you said that, you, that um, these people were hired to read emails. Exactly. And, and the law firms hire them 25, 30, 40 bucks an hour, uh, lawyers who can't find jobs elsewhere or, or just don't mind – working in a warehouse, looking at a computer and clicking buttons. It's very low-level work. And then what happened was is that the lawyers have these contract attorneys paying $25 to $40 an hour for them. And when you bill the class, you're supposed to bill them at what the going market rate is. And when you're a big company and you have to have lots of temp attorneys look at emails, you hire the temp attorneys yourselves and you pay $25 to $40 an hour for them, and that's the market rate for them. But the law firms running this litigation were pretending that these lawyers were doing real legal work. Like and, 200 300 bucks an hour. Uh, that's low. It was actually 400 <gasps> 425 bucks an oh, hour. Oh, that's disgusting. The average number was, I think, $360 an hour. And, you know, 900% markups, 1,000% markups – Completely unreasonable. And and their defense was, well, everybody does this. And that's <laughs> the problem. Everybody does this, and they're ripping off the class, and it's it's costing consumers hundreds of millions of dollars. I, I, I think it's totally disgraceful. And then let's go to the Cypre, which we mentioned earlier. Cypre is a process by which third parties are brought in who have nothing to do with the lawsuit, right? That's right. And they're given money, and yet the poor consumer who's – lost something originally, gets nothing from it virtually. That's right. And there's something wrong with that, Ted. It's absolutely. And we, we've been the leaders in fighting against it. And we've had some success. And we, we uh, have a case that we're asking the Supreme Court to hear right now on this. And again, the way the attorneys generate money for themselves at the expense of consumers is that they create the illusion of relief. And Cypre, where instead of settling for money for the class, you give the money to charity, is a good way for the attorneys to do that because, well, it's just a coincidence that the charity is affiliated with the attorney or the charity is affiliated with the defendant. So uh, in one case against Microsoft, Microsoft agreed that they would provide a lot of computer software and computers to schools. And wow, that's that seems really generous until you realize that they're doing it to keep Apple out of schools and it's oh, actually dear. a benefit to Microsoft. Oh, God. So 
uh, you have these settlements where the defendant is giving money that it was going to give out anyway, so it's really just a change in accounting entries, or the charity is affiliated with the attorney, so the attorney is essentially getting paid twice. The attorney is getting to have a ceremony where they present a big oversized check to their alma mater, and then they get paid a commission because they generated this money for charity. Oh, my God. And, I, I tell you, it goes on and on. It goes on. It's, it's just incredible. And uh, we think it's a breach of the attorney's duty. They, they have a fiduciary duty to their clients to put their clients first. And when they instead uh, structure settlements to give money to charity that could have gone to the class members, uh, we think that's a breach of fiduciary duty. And it goes against what the class action system stands for. And we've won that issue in three or four or five cases and very recently, we had an unsuccessful case in the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals involving a Google settlement where the lawyers got $2 million and charities affiliated with Google and the uh, attorney's alma maters got 5 or $6 million and the class got zero. God. Uh, there is, there, that, is, that is not fair. Well, do you, so you, you see you lost that when you said – we, unfortunately, we, we've unfortunately lost that. We've appealed it to the Supreme Court. Uh, our brief was filed. Uh, Isn't the Ninth Circuit kind of noted for having some strange decisions? Uh, they have sometimes that reputation. We've won several cases in the Ninth Circuit. We've lost a handful of cases in the Ninth Circuit that we don't think we should have lost. Mm -hmm. OK. All right. Enough said about that. Um all right, so so going back to the the class action itself. Now, the consumer is enrolled in this whether they want to or not. But the one thing that was striking to me that I read about the Anthem case is that there were 79 million consumers involved in the breach, but only 900,000 have even applied for the 2-year credit monitoring. Uh that I think it's a little bit over a million by now, now. Uh, because the claims have continued to come in. But that's very typical that the claims rate is less than 2% and well, indeed people, less than 1%. Do consumers even know that they're part of a class action lawsuit? Well, they, to be notification? they get postcards in the mail or they, there's advertisements on your computer or what have you. But, you know, it, it, it's time consuming and, and right. credit monitoring is worthless to a lot of people. Right. The benefits aren't worth the trouble of filling out the forms, and you, you just don't do it. Or you get the postcard, and it looks like junk mail, and you throw it out. Or it's this big, right. dense thing of text, and it's intimidating, and you don't follow up. So it's very, very typical that these claims rates are 1% or 2% or less. And, and so then that money is given to somebody well, it, it, it's often a way to, to like fake how big the settlement is. Gotcha. So we had a case involving Duracell batteries, and the press release said this is a $50 million settlement. And it turned out that the reason they were calling it a $50 million settlement was 8 million people could hypothetically get $6 each, except less than 1% of the class actually claimed the money, and they were only going to give out 345000 Meanwhile, the lawyers were getting $6 million. That's uh, <clears throat> pretty interesting, isn't it? Well, th the one thing I want to follow up on, uh, we're going to take a break, but before, after that is what do consumers do? What can consumers do, first off, to protect their interests? And secondly, 
how can they complain and how can they support what you're doing, the work? So anyway, let's take a break, break here and let our listeners know they're tuned into Of Consuming Interest. I'm Shirley Rooker. My guest is Ted Frank. He is the Director of Litigation at the Competitive Enterprise Institute, and he's the founder of the Center for Class Action Fairness, which is now, he started that on his own, but it's now a project under the Competitive Enterprise Institute. So at any way, Ted, let's go back and talk about the consumer aspect of this, because what we're seeing is you're out there fighting the legal fight. What can consumers do? To make their voices heard in this. Absolutely. So what you can do is you get notice of a class action settlement. Not all the time, but a lot of the time you get notice of a class action settlement. Probably everybody listening to this is right now a member of three or four or five pending class actions just because there are hundreds of class actions filed every year and most of them get settled and they involve everyday products that you use or Anthem or Equifax or Target, uh, things like that. Or if you're a shareholder, your, your, your company gets sued and your, the suit's brought on behalf of shareholders. And when you get these notices in the mail, you can look and, and, and see, am I getting anything for this? Or does this look unfair? And if it looks unfair... Well, we can't just show up in court. We actually have to represent class members. We have to represent. So you, your your center. So our center can use the clients. There have been so many settlements out there, and we look at the settlement, and wow, this is a really, really terrible settlement. Mm-hmm. But we can't find a class member to object to, to object it. to it. All right, so the, people can get to you through cei.org. That's correct. CEI.org. Great website, great information. You've got a ton of information there on class action lawsuits. I learned an awful lot from reading it, Ted, and I thought I knew a little bit, but uh, I know very little. So the best thing for us to do as consumers, just assume that we're a member of a class action lawsuit, right? I mean, I, everybody, I mean, there are hundreds of millions of people that are participating in 100 million things. It's Crazy. I mean, it's it's remarkable, and uh, you're automatically enrolled unless you affirmatively take steps to opt out, which very few people do. Because why? You don't even know about it to begin with. Sometimes. You might not learn about it unless you're paying close attention to like the back pages of USA Today or the ads. Uh, there are websites out there that tell people of pending class action settlements, and and certainly those are good things to follow. Yeah, I, I learned about a class action I was a member of, and it actually turned out to be one of the good ones. And and my fiance and I filed claims, and we got a few hundred dollars. Great, uh, well, good for you. Well, you know how to you know how to do this as well. Okay, so consumers need to be alert and do read some of them. And if something comes in the mail, or you get an email, or you see an ad on TV, were you a participant in this? this um, purchase of whatever it was. But beyond that, it sounds to me like there needs to be some things done within the framework of the law that can do more to protect consumers. I'm not a big regulation person, but are there some changes? We have about three minutes here. Are there changes that need to take place? Well, we take the position that the law is already there, and it's just a question of getting judges to follow it. And sometimes judges disagree with us that the law is supposed to protect consumers rather than attorneys. And we've actually had uh, courts tell us there's nothing wrong with attorneys uh, making millions of dollars while the class is made worse off, uh, which uh, we think goes against the very principle of a class action. Uh, and it's not clear what Congress can do uh, because what are they supposed to? S- you can't really regulate. Let me ask you this: 
does the consumer have the right to say to the law firm, I want you to justify the claims that you're making against the settlement? Well, that's exactly right. Uh, and that's what we do is we represent consumers who are members of these classes. And we look at the settlements on behalf of the consumers. And if there's something wrong with it, if the lawyers are getting millions of dollars more than the classes, we come in and we've represented consumers and we've won tens of millions of dollars for consumers in these cases. So the biggest thing is the consumer has to complain. The consumer has to be aware of it and the consumer has to let you know about it. Uh, they and have you're to, a nonprofit. Let me just tell everybody. That, CEI is CEI.org. It's a nonprofit organization, and they fight the good fight to to help consumers. That That's right. We're, we're making a fraction of what the uh, big plaintiff's lawyers are. <laughs> that's okay. You're doing a lot of satisfaction out of it, friend. You're making, Ted, you're making me very happy. Um, okay, so consumers, be alert. Report it. Know what you're involved in. Pay attention to whether or not you be a member of a class action lawsuit. Go to CEI.org. Let Ted Frank's organization, the Center for Class Action Fairness, know about it. So we've got all of those good things going for us. And and understand that you do have the right to complain if you're not satisfied with the settlement. That's exactly right. I like I like that whole idea. Okay. So where are you going now? A couple minutes here we can talk about. What are you doing? Well, we have From a case. Anthem, you're working on Anthem. We, had, we had a hearing in Anthem last week where the judge got very mad at the attorneys for their overbilling. Uh, we have that case in front of the Supreme Court involving Google. Uh, in a few months, I'm arguing a case again in the Ninth Circuit uh, involving flower delivery called Easy Saver Rewards. And there the attorneys got $9 million and the class got coupons for flower delivery that are only good for a year and they're not good the two weeks before Mother's Day, or the two weeks before Christmas, or the two weeks before Valentine's Day. (laughs) So effectively, they're worthless coupons and nobody's going to use them. And there's a law out there that Congress passed saying if you you have coupons, you can only pay the attorneys based on on the coupons that are actually redeemed. And the judge got around that by saying, well, these aren't coupons because they call them e-credits. Uh, and oh so boy. we have that on appeal, clever, but clever wording. Uh, but the attorneys are making forty times as much as the class there is, and we're complaining about it. Well, we should say we're not against attorneys making money. I mean, that's if, but there if, is a there is an issue of fairness here that that I've watched the class action lawsuits over the years, and I've always felt that so often the consumer it's not fair. It's not a level playing field as far as the consumer is concerned. Well, you know, if the attorneys win nine million dollars, it's perfectly fine that. They get two million, and the class gets seven million. What's not fair is if the attorneys are getting nine million, and the class is getting nothing. Well, what what appalled to me, appalling to me, is going out and hiring all your friends, hiring low cost attorneys to work the phones in a sense, and then billing it as though they were higher paid people. That's I, I agree. That's just out and out fraud, and not right. attorneys need to start getting punished for that. Yeah, yeah, that is just not right. Well, Ted, I sure hope that you continue with success because who knows when we're going to be a member. As you point out, most of us are members of class action lawsuits and don't even know it. So um, I suspect that we we may have something with Anthem. I don't know. I got to talk to my husband about this as soon as I get home. I can tell you that. Um, anyway, the website is CEI.org. If people want to get in touch with you, can they email you through the website, Ted? Uh, there, there's a button to tell us about class actions. Yes. Okay, great. That's perfect. So they can send you information, let you know what's going on, 
And it's so important that you be aware of it because you need the consumers to represent them. And it's not going to cost the consumer anything, right? We represent consumers pro bono for free. I love it. I love it. That is absolutely wonderful. Okay. Well, thank you, Ted. It's so great to have you here. We've been talking to Ted Frank, who is the Director of Litigation at the Competitive Enterprise Institute. He's also the founder of the Center for Class Action Fairness, which is now a project of CEI. The the email, I mean, excuse me, the website is CEI.org. I'm Shirley Rooker. You're listening to Of Consuming Interest right here on Federal News Radio 1500 AM. Of Consuming Interest is a public service program presented by WJLA 7 Call for Action, hosted by Shirley Rooker. Call for Action is an international nonprofit network of hotlines which offer free and confidential assistance. If you have a complaint, contact Call for Action at 301-652-HELP. That's 301-652-HELP. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.